You are now listening. You are now listening. You are now listening to the main, to the main, to the main radio podcast. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, it was a great weekend in sports. Beautiful weekend in, in general. It was Halloween week. Um, I feel like every year they should just uh, dedicate uh, off days for everybody and to get paid, like sick pay leave, whatever you want to call it, for just the weekend of October or the weekend of Halloween. Because we got playoff baseball, we got the opening week of NBA due due to the pandemic because they had to move up. We had week eight NFL, so you're like in the middle of the NFL week. And then you have college football on top of that. And we saw some great games everywhere, whether it was in basketball, baseball, football, um, you know, even in hockey. We even have hockey uh, to all the hockey fans out there. I'm not much of a hockey fan, but yeah, I mean, this is probably the greatest time of sports. And so for that, you know, we, we have to take that in consideration and say, man, like, we should sign a petition every year to kind of get this week off in sports because I probably watched every, from Wednesday to Sunday, watched an NBA game, playoff baseball, and college football and NFL. So I thought that was cool. And I mean, it just, I feel like it's one of those underrated things that are not talked about enough. But moving on, we're going to have a, a few topics for the show today. Starting off with the uh, NFL Week 8 recap, uh, we're going to do Cowboys, Chiefs, uh, the Browns, and Baker and his friends, the Tennessee running game, and what's going on there. Uh, we're also going to talk about the World Series Game 8, and we're also going to talk about Carmelo Anthony, as he's going to be the sixth man of the year. So we'll find out um, you know, this, these topics with the conversations that I have with uh, my boy MRC. And he's also going to pick his college picks at the end of this. So um, we're going to get on. We're going to get on this call, and let's see. And let's give him a call real quick. Yo, what it do? What it do? Another day in my life, man. Hey, I like that. I like that, man. Well, I just want to introduce uh, everybody. This is MRC. I call him. Uh, that's that's what his name is for now, unless he, unless otherwise. But uh, um, yeah. How how was your Halloween weekend, man? It was good, man. A lot different than it's been in the past years, but it was nice. You, you dress know, as well up. As I do those those long nights working at bars and things like that that's obviously changed so I was probably oh. in bed what time was I in bed probably 9.30 <laughs> oh my god Lee oh grandpa yeah. I you and the wife no, be out no dressing. for Halloween Halloween night I'm lying Halloween night because I stayed up for the end of game 5 so I went to bed right after that but oh, I was okay. essentially in bed watching it, so put it that way Oh man, just such an adult. I love it. <laughs> play, play <laughs> only took me thirty-three years. Always... <laughs> you said what? 
It only took me 33 years. Hey, for real, for real. Dang, you still young, bitch. Fuck you. <laughs> um, I, I, I'd say if baseball went to like, if if the playoff game went to like what, uh, the 55th inning, you'd still be up, huh? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure, elimination baseball, man. Yeah, that's what we're gonna pretty much get our. Uh, that's pretty much one of our takes. What we're gonna get into. Uh, so I mean. I actually like wanted to start off the show with baseball, but I'm kind of not a baseball fan. There, kind of <laughs> want to get to the NFL first, and then we'll get right into the baseball since it's flat. Go for it. You know, starting. Uh, um, but yeah, I'm gonna recap of starting off with the week eight and the Cowboys with Cooper Rush. Like, what was that about? What's your What's your take on the Minnesota Vikings in that game and and do you think the Cowboys are actually like, like for real? Like, like are they actually the number one team really in the NFL? I think you could have maybe made that argument before uh, LA made that move for Von Miller. Um, mm. You know, if they're healthy, though, I can definitely see an argument to be made that they are, you know, one of the top two or three teams in the NFL right now. Um, obviously, got to improve on defense consistently. Um, that's the big difference, right, is their defense isn't costing them games like it has in the past. Um, obviously, that's been shored up by play by Diggs. And, um, you know, Micah Parsons, obviously, um, being out what he was billed to be from the draft. So, um, pretty impressive win, though, given a, you know, away game in Minnesota with your backup quarterback, no Dak. And obviously, all offensive players take a hit without him um, in the huddle. So, um, Rush, absolutely. I think outperformed anybody's expectations, but I think this is um, also a bit of a reflection on Minnesota. You know, um, they've just been constantly just turning their wheels, unable to get over that hump, and I, I think that kind of falls on head coach Mike Zimmer. Um, maybe they just need a new perspective, new direction um, within that organization. But uh, absolutely no excuse given, you know, the benefit they had not having to deal with Dak Prescott going up against their backup Cooper Rush, which I'm not even positive how many career attempts he's taken as an NFL quarterback. But, uh, yeah, uh, 43 as of uh, this past start. So 43 passing attempts. And, um, you know, for him to move the ball the way that he did, I mean, didn't he pass for over 300 yards? Um, yeah. It's just, you know, Mike Zimmer being a defensive-minded head coach, I just, uh, I do think they're in need of a change-up in Minnesota. Um, not to take any way, anything away from the Cowboys. Um, amazing performance for them to go on the road and get a win against what I still think is a tough Minnesota team. They've essentially played everybody really close, but close doesn't cut in the NFL. It's what have you done for me lately. And uh, they're not doing a whole lot of winning right now. So I think they're three and a half back of the Packers now. So that window of potential playoff spot is closing really quickly. Um, we'll see if the way to get it turned around. But I, I just don't see them um, overcoming that hump with Zimmer at the throne. I think it's time for a change. Wow. Dang. Well, man, I mean, I'm, I'm, I took your little some notes here. 43 passing attempts. That's not a lot. I didn't know that. That's Insane no. thing to even know to process <laughs> for a quarterback to go to bed at that night in Minnesota and go, oh fuck, I, I start tomorrow, you know. 
So, right. yeah, um, against the Minnesota Vikings defense. And, I mean, you know, whether or not that game could have been played with Dak or whatnot, I mean, I, I still feel like the Vikings defense would have still pulled up, uh, you know, close. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I feel like they would Dak would not have had a hard time, time but, like, I don't think the points would have been – I don't even know what the point spread would have been if had Vegas had said Dak was playing. So – um, because like you said, only because like you said, the Vikings always play rough, tough games. That's the only reason I say that. So for sure, especially um, at home, especially at home. And and Kirk Cousins, I mean, God, I <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, I I don't know what to do. I don't know if Vikings like, like I don't know, like if too much heart gets you. How does that much heart get you that pay paper? You know, right? Like, and that's, that's all a that big problem with the NFL. I mean, these quarterbacks. You know, it's just a revolving carousel of if you can be a game manager and handle an offensive playbook, we'll give you a max contract when your time comes around. And that's you know what Cleveland's kind of gauging right now with Baker Mayfield. It's like, are we going to give this kid a mass extension of you know thirty five mid forty million dollars a year? And an argument to be made is Kirk Cousins worth that, um, you know. But I'll tell you right now, if, <laughs> if I had an offense and I was running an offense, I think right now I'd pick Cousins over Mayfield. But obviously, you know, there's some um, tenure there with the Cousins. Obviously, being in the NFL for much longer duration. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you're right. You're right to sit there and wonder: Is Kirk Cousins the guy to put us over the hump against the likes of guys like Aaron Rodgers and you know, of course, Matt Stafford out in LA? You know, Kyler Murray, those are the guys that you're going to have to beat. And uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> and, and and I will say, and I will say, the only person that really fucked it up for everybody is Tom fucking Brady, the GOAT. He messed it up for everybody. Because after he had left, and, and let's put it for real, like, after he left New England and went to Tampa at his age, and maybe like, oh, well, he didn't have any players around him. Maybe, you know... And what if Patriots had put players around him and they still had stuff? You know, we didn't know what was going to go on. So when he got to right. Tampa and did his thing, I definitely, everybody, even especially Aaron Rodgers, especially Aaron Rodgers, was like, hold up, wake up, call. Fuck, I can I can do this shit myself. I can, I can do this shit, you know? And, right. like, uh, a lot of quarterbacks have, like, I want to start my, I want to have a new topic, like, on a show one day and have a, a topic about people losing their prime from bullshit, you know, like, Pete Carroll to Russell Wilson, you know, stuff like that. Right. You know, there's got, yeah. like, maybe even Baker Mayfield, I'm being honest with even that with Baker Mayfield, like, as, as much as uh, we can criticize him, I watched that game versus Steelers and, um... Kevin, Kevin, whatever, Savansky should have been more adamant to Jarvis Landry and said, I'm going to have to hold you accountable. And I know right. you are the best hands kind of on our team, but accountability is accountability. Like you said, if if we or me or you fucked up, they're pulling us out the game, you know? Right. Yeah, So well, for sure. I mean, like, I, I just... Um, Hats off, obviously, to the Cowboys going on the road and um, getting a W, but I think there's more to be analyzed here with uh, the leadership that's in place for Minnesota. Mike Zimmer's been, you know, a solid coach for years and years, but 
sometimes it just helps to look through a different lens and I think it's about that time yeah <clears throat> yeah dang I, I, I feel kind of bad for him because I mean it's one of those like it's kind of like in a weird way Pete Carroll still got the job Mike Zimmer should still have a job so uh, in in some way like that because Pete kind of I mean he has like it's weird he kind of Mike Zimmer, Pete, I want to put them kind of in the same category as Marvin Lewis and Lovey Smith in a way. Uh, right. Because even Lovey Smith still got to the Super Bowl. So, um, so yeah, like, you know, I, I, I hope good for him. And maybe, you know, sometimes it's one of those best things that they move on and then he gets, a, he gets into a better spot. So, uh, but for the Cowboys and Cooper Rush, um, I heard supposedly that even uh, – C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper, who I actually thought, honestly, I used to kind of laugh at Amari Cooper. I didn't think he was actually like, like, what is this? What is everybody really talking about? Like, what's this talent like? And I felt like he was just maybe injured a lot or something. Like, yeah. But he's, like, really good. Like, well, he's I mean, out there playing on one leg, like, for real. He's playing on one leg and still breaking routes. Yeah. No, I mean... You got to admire that, right? Especially with the amount of oversight that's uh, going on with some of these training staffs, man. I feel like if you fart in the wind wrong, they're going to examine you and tell you that you got to sit for a week. But um, <laughs> Who are you, Kawhi Leonard's doctors? Jesus, man. You ain't kidding. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, hats off to uh, Kid, uh, Kadarius Tony as well, man. I mean, I think he's got a pretty gruesome injury on his hand from last night, and then he's also battling an ankle injury. I mean... Um, some of these guys just have a little more toughness than others, but um, oh, he also got like, that. <laughs> what's up? I say he also got the other injury. He got signed to the Giants. Yeah, no shit, man. Yeah, that's a that sounds like a life sentence, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> right, he can get his way out of there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real, with pay. Godly. Well, um, like on the note with injuries too. Like, let's be mindful. Yeah, it was a terrible showing. The Cleveland Browns this past week against what I think is a is a pretty bad Steelers team. Um, mm-hmm. Talk about is somebody else behind quarterback with Big Ben. I think it's time. But um, you know, let's remember that uh, Mayfield is playing with a torn labrum in his non-throwing shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe his shoulder is broken as well. So, yeah. um, you know, toughness needs to be acknowledged there too. But it, it, um, and the way that their their the Brown season has gone, um, it's like. It's kind of weird because, yeah, on paper, we've, we've already already talked about it. Like, really, honestly, the question is the GM. Like, I don't really see anybody really looking at that guy. Like, I'm just being kind of honest. Like, chemistry is chemistry. Things work how it is. We can talk about the Packers and how Aaron Rodgers wanted Randall Cobb and a few guys and shit. But, I mean, those are his guys. Like, Baker kind of walked into the into those receiving core of, of yeah we you know you know it's, it's already too obvious that I don't want to like bring it all up again you know um, for sure so like really Baker I can't explain what Baker Mayfield is because through his whole career he's had you know obviously OCs head coaches like I'm just trying to say I'm. I'm kind of being empathetic to him, man. Be real. I, I've i seen a lot of plays where, like, guys have dropped the ball. 
you know, and don't finish plays for Baker. Like, there's sometimes he gets criticism that shouldn't be on him. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't help when Odell Beckham's dad goes out and makes a 11 minute Instagram video of uh, all the times that Baker hasn't thrown to his son. So, great <laughs> to dealing with that drama too. So, right. Um, it's like breaking yeah. news, but not breaking news. It ain't like, I'm like, oh, well. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, um, do you think they got a – I got a question. Do you think next year, if this ain't – do you think this year – I mean, the trade deadline was was here, and the, the, the Browns were so committed. Do you think they just got to blow it up like the Portland Trailblazers or some shit? No. I mean, because you can, you can probably put their um, – you know, roster up against anybody in terms of talent. I mean, there is, you know, just a massive amount of talent. They have, you know, two, arguably um, two, some people may argue two top five running backs in the league right now mm-hmm. with Chubb and Hunt. And then, of course, saw what, you know, uh, the kid Dearness Johnson did um, and spell of Chubb and Hunt on Thursday Night Football a couple weeks ago. But, um, <laughs> I think it's a matter of blowing it up, but there does need to be some soul searching in regards to the quarterback position and saying, hey, is this the guy that we want leading this organization moving forward? Are we going to back up the Brinks truck and give him a bag, or do we look at other options? Um, you know, it's. I'm not I think, comparing the I, two in terms of talent, but it blows I, my mind that a guy like Baker Mayfield is a starter in the NFL and Gardner Minshew is a backup. Um, you know. You love Gardner Minshew. I, I do, him. man. I do, man. He doesn't get enough credit. You know, what? you're just talking about Cooper Rush and, um, you know, his career stats. And, you know, he goes out and gets a huge W. But, um, you know, I mean, Gardner Minshew, with the time that he's been in the league, um, you know, he's, he's shown some things, man. Um, you know, his career right now, his career passing percentage completion rate is 63%. 37 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and a 93.1 QBR rate. Um, why is this guy not starting somewhere? It just it really blows my mind. Why why was there not more interest at the trade deadline? Um, you know, people calling Philadelphia. Why isn't Philadelphia looking more into him if Jalen Hurts isn't the answer? Um, you know, and I'll keep saying that until he gets another chance, man. But I just think it's kind of crazy, you know, with those statistics. Um, Jalen Hurts has the best QBR this. Uh, obviously, it's the Detroit Lions, but he had the best QBR this week. Um, with forty-four points on the board, so though, though the defense gave Jerry Gussie garbage, I thought he was maybe something. I don't know. I don't know. Golf is terrible, man. Okay. Golf should All be right. a backup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Minshew's not on the Detroit hey, You just line, made my but... point for me. How is Jared Golf a starter in this league yeah. over a guy like Gardner Minshew? Right. We can go deeper you... down that rabbit hole, man. What, There's what, other guys. What, that... hey, I just want to ask a quick question. What is Cliff Kingsbury and Gardner Minshew got together? Just ask him. Uh, I mean, that's another thing, too. Like, if you're, if you're Cliff Kingsbury and, you know, you got a you know, all-world town Kyler Murray who's battling, I believe, an ankle injury right now, um, whatever, you know, it's still got a long ways to go. We're technically not even quite midway through the season yet. If you were to tell me to put money on if Murray's going to last the entire year without having to have some spells out with injuries, I'd say you're crazy. 
so why not have I mean, that backup I mean, plan with I mean, with Lamar Jackson got through an MVP season like that. So I mean, no, Lamar Jackson is a much bigger man than Kyler Murray. Wow. All right, man. You want to go to the statistics? I'm just saying, Kyler, Kyler, for his for his size, he's pretty stout himself. And ain't he ain't no he ain't no Robert Griffin. He ain't glass, bro. He's pretty Lamar tough. Art, don't Lamar give me, Jackson don't give me, don't give me wrong. Six. Lamar Jackson, I've seen that fool's neck, but lately he's been having one of them linebacker necks. Like he's, he's as what Greg Popovich would say. He's, he's six two two twelve. He's thick. <laughs> he's six two two twelve, and Kyler Murray. This is gonna be a lot. This is gonna be funny. I'm gonna pull that up real quick. Six two two twelve versus. Five ten two seven. Give me a versus. Oh, yeah. Like the weight. The weight is much closer than I thought it was, but the height is a four inch discrepancy. But the the height don't mean shit. Come on, we already don't don't do this. And I don't believe that Kyler Murray is five ten. I think that's bullshit. Hey, hey man, hey man, stop, stop with the short game, man. The short guy's got to have a little itch his love too, man. Yeah, dude, like uh, like like high school football days where you're like, yeah, I'm six foot. Okay, six three it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also with the cleats. You gotta add the cleats. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm two oh five. No, you'll be two twenty five. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You're right. <laughs> Dog, oh, man, that's like oh, I miss mm-hmm. those days. Yeah, but you know, when we get up to like actual football, they see us. They're like, ah, oh, bro, you small as fuck. Yeah. Yep. Dang, so what would you say uh, if uh, I'm going towards the week eight, did you see anything that, like, caught your eye or um, mm. each with, with Kansas City Chiefs or? A couple know? things. Um, you know, where uh, what happened to the Chargers over the last couple weeks? Yeah, well, what's grinding um, your gears? Please tell me what's grinding your gears. You know, everybody was all – ready to announce the Chargers as the, you know, the favorite uh, not just in the AFC West, but the AFC and uh, yeah, man it's just, it hasn't been good over the last few weeks came out on fire and you know uh, ugly game against the Browns, giving up 42, but still get the W before that, you beat the Raiders pretty handily by two touchdowns Mm -hmm. beat the Chiefs before that you know, um, beat some really good football teams. And then all of a sudden, the Ravens come in. Uh, you go to Baltimore, they wax your ass 34 to 6. Um, and now the Pats come into your house. I shouldn't say your house. Most of the time, they're playing away games in their own home stadium. So <laughs> that's a problem. But, uh, that is so you know, true. Patriots so come true. to town with a losing record and, and win a Patriot football game, you know, 27 24. Um, right. Justin Herbert doesn't look as good as he did. He doesn't look as polished. Um, you know, it's kind of kind of the same situation with a number of quarterbacks. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, I, I, I don't know what's going on with him. Um, you know, he's making mistakes he doesn't usually make. I think he's trying to do too much. He's not taking what the defense gives him. Um, you know, he's just trying to make every play a highlight real play. And that's just not how it's going to be in the NFL for your whole career. You're going to take what the defense gives you. Tom Brady's, you know, playing until 44 by doing that. Um, right. 
you know, it's a quarterback played by specific quarterbacks has really been kind of a strange trend recently. You know, the Herbert and Mahomes, we were expecting to be be all for the next you know decade, um, and they just got to pick their play back up. Um, I had seen a, a meme earlier that said. Uh, Pat Mahomes hasn't been the same in this uh, picture when he had proposed to his wife. <laughs> oh man, that's savage, dude. Now, <laughs> get, get, get him a get him a defense, man. Good lord, you know. No wonder the kid's trying to do so much with a shitty defense like he has. Yeah. I mean, my goodness, you can't have Clark going been... offside. I got Clark guys does not look at the ball. <laughs> I swear he gets a penalty every game. I don't really like watch Chiefs games like that, but I swear he'd be offside all the time. I mean, well, your get right game was supposed to be this week against the Giants, and you beat them by three. I mean, yeah. I mean, the Giants are a bad football team, man. Uh, and Daniel yeah. Jones is not the answer, yes or no? No, he's not. Okay, but but on the other side of that coin, I don't think any quarterback is the answer with Jason Garrett as your OC. So, clapping carrot. <laughs> what was it last night? On the on the um, Peyton and Eli Monday Night Football broadcast, they had Michael Strahan on, and you know he he kind of spoke out loud like what we all think on you know like a third and four or a third and six. Why do you run these three yard out routes when you're not past the marker? And then it happens, and it's just it's just a reflection of Jason Garrett. I don't know. How no, that did I didn't. I was at work. I didn't get to see that. Dang, really they called don't. him out. They called him out. Yeah, Michael Strahan called it before the play, before the ball was even snapped. It was pretty funny. Wow, um, that's not a good thing. No, no, not at all. Um, uh, shout out to uh, Mike White of the Jets, man. How about coming off the bench? Nobody knows who the hell you are to start a game, and you go shove it down the Bengals' throats. That's another thing, too. Another team that everybody was jumping on the bandwagon for, the Cincinnati Bengals, and you lose to the New York Jets. <laughs> Good night. I mean, and what happens to the Titans now losing Derrick Henry? I mean, I, that, that, that means, because honestly, when I watched the Tennessee Titans, I was watching them and I go, dang, I was like, how the fuck do you stop them? And I'm, I'm, I'm so serious. I'm like, because if, if I'm on defense, I don't care what position I am. I'm fucking scared. I'm shitting a brick every time. Because if you if you play action on my ass, I'm like, dude, it's scary to play the Tennessee Titans. Like, they did that shit right. Even with, with Tanning Hill as a running quarterback. Like, I mean. Yeah. I, I don't yeah, know how man. to. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. I, I hope they get DJ back. It was bound to happen, man, with the amount of, you know, carries that guy was taking. Um, I think I think if he would have continued on the pace that he was at, he would have had over 500 touches this year. I wow. mean, that's just, it's insane. You know, there's a reason so many of these teams have moved to running back by committee just because of the toll it takes on your body. And here's a guy taking 100% of that load game in and game out. Um, and they're going to continue to do it all four quarters. You know, because that's when things start to open up is the second half, you know, where he breaks off these 75-yard runs or it's just death by a thousand cuts, five, six, eight, you know, four, eight. Um, but, yeah, somebody's going to have to step up, man. And luckily for them, they're in a shit division. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, somebody's going to have to step up. I would have liked to 
seen them maybe explore or trade somewhere, you know, maybe call Tampa and say, hey, what do you think about trading Ronald Jones over here? You know, um, I know that the Browns wouldn't have considered this, but call about any one of their three running backs, Johnson, Hunt, or Chubb. Um, you know, you guys aren't you guys aren't very competitive on a yearly basis. Um, right. So, you know, why not? You know, reach out and just see what's out there. Can it still be? Ha- can, like. It can still happen this year. What's up? They, they can still do a trade. No trade deadline was, I believe, at three o'clock today. Okay. Our time. So, but yeah, man. Like, what? Why? What's stopping you from checking in on those options? I just don't think a thirty-six-year-old Adrian Peterson is the answer. No, no disrespect to one of the best to ever do it, but. If you think this guy is going to be able to take a 60-70% snap workload, you're crazy. And even <laughs> if he can, I wouldn't be making him do that. That's just, I don't know, an offensive play caller, coordinator, head coach. I just think that's irresponsible. So we'll in see a way, how his body holds up, too. In a way, you're telling me that, um, I mean, they almost had it right. They had it right, but the Titans had the design right way before when they had the uh, thunder and lightning, you know. I always thought in a way, I was like, man, what if they just got somebody really explosive uh, uh, opposite, uh, like a, for real, get like a Christian McCaffrey type. I'm saying type, not Chris, you know, not him himself. But golly, just think how dangerous that would be if they're both in the backfield, you know? Yeah, just like, a change of pace. Uh, I, even even that though, still, even, even if he's a diversion, it doesn't matter, you know? Just the just the threat of something like that is scary as, as a defense. As a I know as a corner, like if I see somebody like uh, Darren Sproles, and I see Darren Sproles and Derrick Henry in the backfield, I'm like, oh. right. well, you mean, know, the Saints have made a living off that over the last decade. You know, you had Ingram and Kamara, you had you know um, Latavius Murray and Kamara. They just did so. You know. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. I just, I figured they would have made some type of exploratory move. You know, whether that was for a guy, you know, running back that we haven't really gotten a chance to examine. Um, I just don't think Adrian Peterson's the answer, man. He's closer to 40 than he is to 30. Um, you know, and as soon as that turns over to 30, you know, that's kind of when the prime starts to dwindle. So I don't know what to expect. I don't expect much. <laughs> well, shit. Well, we'll see how the Titans roll and see how they're going to do, man. Cause I, I mean, like, really shout out to Derrick Henry and prayers up. Cause hopefully, I mean, hopefully he's, like, one of those guys that's, like, a beast that, like, uh, Ray Lewis, who had, like, a broken arm or some shit and played in the Super Bowl. So, uh, yeah, you know. he'll be back, man. But they're, they're going to need to slow their roll on the workload that he's given because that's just unsustainable. Um, especially in today's NFL, man. You know, guys are bigger, stronger, faster. You know, he's a freak of nature. And there's right. no other like him. But, you know, giving a guy 35 touches, 30 touches game in and game out every week, that's just lunacy. I don't care how effective he is. Damn. I'm going to have to – I'm like – I'm like sad. I heard about it. I like – was like – that just kind of ruined. It's because he's an MVP for real, though. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I would, I would definitely put him up at the top before his injury. You know, um, especially given you know guys like Tom Brady, what he's doing on a weekly basis at 44. 
just mind-boggling. But yeah, for sure, what Henry was doing, he was going to have a career year. He had a very real chance at, um, you know, crushing the single-season rushing record. You know, that's been dashed now. But um, we'll see. We'll see what the Titans are made of after this. And then Jameis got hurt too. I was like, dang, this is this is yeah. not fun. Not a fun week eight. But uh, yeah, that's tough. We'll we'll get on uh, the next topic. Uh, let me get on to this real segment real quick. Let me just say this real quick. It's that time of year, so go grab your gear for those Sunday brunches to those Sunday casual lunches. Make sure to go to nike.com slash Nike buy you if you want it to design and customize the shoe to your fit to your wardrobe. Make sure you go again. That's nike.com slash Nike buy you. Also, the reason I love doing what I do is uh, all because of Anchor. Download Anchor today on your Google Play or your Apple app. If you like talking about information that interests you, whether it's sports, cooking, fashion, whatever you like, Anchor is the app for you. It's your voice. Uh, so I had to get that out of the way, bro. Sorry. All good, dude. You don't yeah. have any dick, p- dick pill infomercials or anything? You said what? You don't have oh any my God, commercials yeah. or anything. Oh, that! Hey, I got you on my next episode, bro. I got you. <laughs> I had to. I had. I wrote that one up myself, so I'm gonna definitely write write something stupid. Uh, yeah, long hard nights, all alone. Take take a blue bill and masturbate yourself. Wait, nah, that's not <laughs> that's not where I wanted to go. Uh, well, I have to work on that one. Yeah, you awesome. will. It'll, it'll come together, man. All good. <laughs> um, what, bro? What, 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 what's going on, bro? Series, bro. This is. I thought it was over. I'm, I'm in it now. I am in it. Everybody else is in it. All the bandwagoners of baseball are in it. <laughs> man, everybody loves a good villain, dude. You know, Houston versus everyone. Um, you know, like I said from last time we dialogue um best offense in baseball they have been through the regular season through the postseason um the bats finally woke up the discipline finally kicked in not everybody coming to the plate you know trying to hit a grand slam you know with no runners on um better approaches um and we saw what happened in game five um if i'm an atlanta fan man i'm terrified right now to be honest wow not just me being an h-town homer you know, support the team I grew up watching, but, um, you know, you got tonight, you know, Luis Garcia going for the Astros, who, despite his last start, has been pretty effective in the postseason, even given, you know, his green nature, how young he is, um, going up against Max Freed, and I liked Freed a lot this year, he showed a lot, I just mentioned last time, best CRA in baseball after the All-Star break, but he has been atrocious his last two starts in the postseason. I'm anxious to see what the narrative plays out with the leash that Coach Schilt gives Freed. You know, if he starts to see trouble in that first inning, like a similar, you know, man on first and second, you know, maybe a run or two in already, how quickly does Schilt pivot to his bullpen? I don't think that his leash is going to be very long, just given how he's been rocked the last couple starts. Um, and that crowd is just going to be rabid. You better believe that. So um, it, it makes we'll a difference that. too, doesn't it? A hundred percent. Because you got like a, a perfect analogy for people to reference right now. This is 
Barry Bonds coming home to San Francisco. Oh, shit. He is not a villain in San Francisco. He is a god in San Francisco. Same thing with the Astros here. Barry Bonds was a cheater, you know, steroids, whatever. Um, and you have Houston who stole signs. And inside those ballparks, they're heroes, they're legends. They're not villains. Everywhere else, they're villains. And uh, that's what it's going to feel like tonight. That is a huge um, lift off the shoulders of the Astros to be able to get it back into Houston. It's huge confidence boost um, because you're not going to have 50,000 fans screaming that you're a cheater. Um, you know, then sometimes that happens, you know, on road trips, regardless of whether you're cheaters or not. But um, right, it, it is it is a big momentum shift from Game Five with the fact that Atlanta hits a grand slam, you know, and that first inning goes up four nothing. Um, to my knowledge, and this isn't an exact statistic, but it's pretty damn close. I think teams were forty-four and three in the history of postseason games when up four to nothing and now they're 44 and four um it's just kind of crazy the way that you know they got they took a hit in the mouth the Astros did in that first inning and then to turn around you know start to really you know take good approaches at the plate you know and everybody was pitching into this wasn't just the big guys and the big bats woke up you know your Guriel your Correa's um that definitely helped but you know you guys you got a guy like Martin Maldonado who is maybe make an argument for the worst offensive catcher in baseball, comes up with three RBIs, which, you know, you can look everywhere you look, you know, huge contributions from, you know, places that you're not used to seeing those types of contributions from. So um, we're going to see what the Braves are made of. You know, they faced a similar situation with the Dodgers. They were able to close that out. But this, this feels a lot like that Cleveland Indians Chicago Cubs series from a few years ago. Similar situation. Cubs are down 3 1. But the only difference on that, the Cubs went to Cleveland and ended up, you know, stealing that series, winning that championship. I like the yeah. Astros' chances going back for 6 and 7. Who was uh, in that one, in the Cubs in Cleveland, who was uh, the home advantage? Uh, Cleveland was. Cleveland went back to Cleveland up three games to one. And then the Cubs, three games, they were up three games to one. The last two games, six and seven, in Cleveland, and the Cubs ended up winning. Um, wow. So it's a very similar situation, just flip-flopped. The Astros have home field advantage right now. Okay. So um, it's going to be wow. interesting because I think, I think you're going to see the Braves really approaching this game like an elimination game. If Max Reed gets in trouble early, they're going to pivot to their bullpen. That is their bread and butter right now. Um, and hopefully the day, day's rest, you know, helps some of those arms because, you know, most of them did not pitch nearly as effectively as they had in the past. Um, but we'll see, man. That's that's going to be an electric, <laughs> electric atmosphere. Um, you know, uh, Vegas is favoring the Astros right now. Um, um, I favor the Astros. You, I'm going to ask this question since you had already just said it. You, I'm gonna ask the question pretty much. Did you let me let me get this right? If they're gonna give all their might for this game six, is what you're telling me for Atlanta, right? Yeah, I think they're gonna approach it as an elimination game. Do you think that's gonna hurt them if Houston wins tonight? Do you think that's gonna hit? Do you, is that the worst for them in game seven? That's my question. Is that if the they, worst if situation? they go all out. Right, they go all out for this one. 
Uh, I mean, rare well, case. Even even guys that pitch tonight, rare case that they're not available tomorrow. Do you mean, not think um, the Astros are not doing the same though? Oh, of course they are. They they okay. have to win tonight. The Braves don't. But right. even given the Braves having the one game advantage, I do think that they play this game like an elimination game. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Because the last thing you want is to go to a game seven. Um, just from just even just from a mental standpoint, as a team that was up three um, one. Yeah, just uh, one game. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see, man. I, uh, it definitely turned a lot after game five, um, but we will see. Um, solid I, pitching I matchup. We'll see what they can do. See if they can, you know, meet expectations. But I just, I still think that Max Freed. I don't know. I still think he's got one more clunker of a game in him, and I, that's how I see this shaking out. I think he gets in trouble in those early innings. Um, the Astros continue to take great approaches. I think they get a huge emotional lift from the crowd there. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty stoked about it. Playoff baseball, I love it. That's so awesome. I'm like ready to. <laughs> I'm like, like I said, all the bandwagoners are on. Like. We were watching last night. Like, uh, I worked last night at the bar. We had a good crowd, so. And there was no yeah. nobody was a, nobody was a fan. You just a bunch of convention out of towners, and they were all into it. And I heard Baker. Uh, not, is it Dusty Baker? Yep, the manager. He said before I think it was Game Five or Game Four. He said he felt bad, and kind of what you kind of said. It's weird because it's like. You you already going to a baseball game with you, especially to a home baseball game that that UC game we went to, um, yep. and seeing how the crowd was involved with the pitcher's mind and stuff. Like I didn't know that was a thing until oh, I went. Sure, man. Yeah, so when you're telling me that the home field advantage is a, a real thing, you're like, bro, it's it's serious. So I that that is so cool. You get you gave me my own you. You gave me my own medicine with some Jay Williams psyche, man. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so that, that's cool. I'm, I'm excited. Who do you who do you got tonight, then? Mm, I, I have Astros tonight. I think it goes seven. Awesome. I have Astros tonight. Score prediction. I'm gonna go seven to three. Seven to three. I think Free gets in trouble early. I think they have to pivot to their bullpen. Um, I think the Astros have seen a lot of these guys enough to make an impact and make these pitchers less effective from that bullpen. I think we've already kind of seen that with Minter. Um, you know, Minter's been lights out in game five. He comes in and they really start to square the ball up on him. I think that's going to be um, a, continued, a continued narrative moving forward. I think they're seeing these pitchers more and more. Again, they're starting to hone in and score up the ball better. Um, so I think these, you know, bullpen guys aren't going to be as effective as they have been. And also taking into account that they're no longer in Atlanta. They have been lights out in Atlanta. That was their first playoff loss at home throughout this postseason, which speaks volumes to how bulletproof they've been at home. Wow. So lots changed since game five, and a lot of it favors the Astros. Well, we'll see. I'm excited. 7-3, man. Excited. Mark it down. Yeah, who's your who, who's your who's your who, I already did. You already know I did in my notes. Who's who's your uh, your uh, MVP for the ninth game? 
Uh, or, or who man, you know, who just needs because, to be the MVP? Because, because he shoved it up my Red Sox asses, I think Luis Garcia really goes out and, and puts on a clinic. I think he, at minimum, pitches four solid innings. I'm not sure how long Baker's going to let him go, given the short three days rest. I'm not sure how um, acclimated he is to pitching on short rest. Um, but he'll be on a similar leash as Freed. If he starts to waver early, um, you better believe that Dusty's going to call up that bullpen and start getting some people working. But I think Garcia comes in. He makes some adjustments from the previous start. Um, offensively, I mean, man, Jose Altuve now alone second all-time for career postseason home runs. Um, that, that team goes with him. Kids the heart and soul of that baseball team. Um so I think he makes some noise. Uh, I do think he's geared up first pitch in the bottom of the first, and he takes a hack. We'll see what he does with it. Um, he loves first pitch swinging. He loves bad ball hitting. Um, I would take Garcia as, you know, obviously my MVP for the game, but I think Altuve makes a lot of noise. And I think the team feeds off that. Whoo! Dang, hot take, bro. Hot take. That was fire right there. Dude, did you that. get a chance to watch Michael Brantley at all, like I told you? I did. I did. I did. Don't you it, love the way that guy approaches his at bat? Oh yeah, for sure. I'm like, like, uh, it is almost weird because it, it almost kind of felt like I'm like, does it rub off on off the team in a way? Because there was, like you said, there's, like, noted this. You said they don't go up to approach the game like, oh my god, we're we're scared. Like we got to hit grand slams. We got to just like they approached like Michael Brantley's like. Yeah, you know, yeah, they were 100%, very 100%, man. 100%. And I'll continue to say it. I think he's the most underrated player in baseball, man. He really is. He's mm-hmm. a hell of a ball player. Um, you know, whether it's the count 2 or 2 0, he's the same hitter. What was he was before the Astros? I believe he was in Cleveland prior to Houston. Dang. Um, if I remember correctly. Um, double check my my statistics on that but I'm pretty positive that it was somebody Cleveland yep yeah he was in Cleveland from 2009 to 2018 has been with the Astros ever since yeah he's hell of a ball player and um career batting average right now is 298 you know uh, OPS career is just a hair under 800 He's just—he's a hell of a ball player. I love watching him play the game. Um, I think he's been he doesn't get one. enough credit. Doesn't get enough credit. So, and he was—he was getting ready to sign with Toronto in the offseason too. Could you imagine that offense with Michael Brantley in that lineup? My goodness. Ooh, yeah. Is uh, Batista still there? Where in uh, Toronto? Yeah. No, man, that God, Batista's been off the grid for years now. He was trying to make a – he was saying he was willing to make a comeback as a pitcher. Like, you need, oh. you need to know when, when it's time to hang up the cleats, man, and do something oh. else. Oh, my God. Sure, the guy made no shortage of money in his life, so. Dang. He's yeah, been out of the game for a while. Just for having a beard. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's my take then uh, for the baseball. But I, for for – just for fun, it's not too big of an issue. But Carmelo Anthony is one of my takes. Is what do you think of his overall career and kind of his position on or his role with the Lakers? 
He's a Hall of Famer, no doubt, man. I think he, he, he loses some of the shine and appreciation that some other megastars do because of the draft class he's affiliated with. You know, you got your LeBron James and your Dwayne Wade. I mean, um, the, the knock on him is he's never won an NBA championship. Obviously, you know, LeBron and D. Wade have won multiple. Um, you know, and you can make the argument, too, that there was a time when he was the best offensive player in the league. Um, and it's these volumes because he's still doing that right now, even at his age. Um, do you think some you know, of his, of, you think some yeah. of his stubbornness, like just a little bit in a slight year where his contract was like he was going to get paid the most, and also it was the same year that LeBron said I'm going to go to Miami Heat, and Carmelo was like I can carry this whole Knicks team or whatever on my back, and I'm like. Yeah, well, LeBron made a more smarter decision, you know? Um, yeah, for sure. And I think he wanted to always have his moments, like LeBron versus Detroit, LeBron versus Boston Celtics. But he also had to realize one thing. He also wasn't the GM. <laughs> yeah, he got, I mean, he got close. Uh, sure. What was it that time? What, the Nuggets, when he led the Nuggets to the Western Conference Finals, right? That's was crazy. that when he had Ch- he, yeah, Chauncey was on that team, right? Yeah, J.R. Smith, Chauncey. Yeah, yeah. He came close, man. I mean, you know, hats off to him, obviously. I don't think he's ever – I mean, all these guys have egos to a degree, but um, it speaks volumes that he was able, you know, to go to Portland. You know, you're not going to be the focal point of this offense. You know, this young kid, you know, by the name of Dame Lillard is. And you're probably our fourth option, like – Right, um, you know, for him to continue to do that in LA and do it effectively, um, this is a lot about his approach to the game and how much he really desires winning an NBA championship. He's not just collecting checks at this point. Um, I really do think that is a monkey on his back that just drives him, you know, day in and day out. Um, I'd love to see him win one, you know, um, but we'll see. I mean, they, like I said, this is going to take time with the Lakers. You know, back when. You know, big three came together in Miami. It took, you know, eight, nine games until they won a game. People so quickly forget. It takes time for these guys to build chemistry, um, for them to build, you know, uh, seamless offense, seamless defense with one another. And nowadays, too, with the way load management is, with, you know, injuries the way they are, you know, those are obstacles that are going to happen throughout the year. And there's going to be times when LeBron's not available. There's going to be times where AD's not available. Street clothes, um, you know. And we'll see what happens. Um, I do think they're a playoff team, but it's a matter of if they can come together, if Coach Fogel can get them to come together, find the right spots where these guys are most effective and implement them accordingly. Um, I think the biggest challenge with that is Russell Westbrook, but I do think he will serve a large purpose, like I said, giving LeBron time to rest, things like that. Um, I actually thought, you know, for a while that Coach Vogel should implement Westbrook as a six-man. You know, to give, you know, the ADs and, you know, LeBron that rest. That way your offense doesn't take that big hit when guys like that are sitting on the bench, you know, getting their rest. But uh, we'll see, man. It'll be interesting. Um, but, yeah, hats off to uh, Carmelo Anthony. He's, he's a true class act. He's, <laughs> I know for a fact he doesn't want to go out like Chuck. He doesn't want to be that guy that has all these accolades but no trophy in his case. Um, right, right. But we'll see. Like, uh, oh, Charles Barkley, yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. You, um, I was going to say, it's funny because you think uh, 
uh, with Carmelo Anthony that he kind of moved to the East at the wrong time with LeBron and his team doing what he was going to do, you know, and Boston Celtics and like, you know, it was like, you should have stayed in the West because all you had to go through was Kobe and Gasol at, at, at one point, you know? And maybe, and maybe, and I think the San Antonio Spurs were like mediocre at best. They weren't even, they were still winning games, getting to the playoffs, getting to the top three. But I mean, there was times we still didn't look too good, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. But I think the move to New York, too, was a personal, like, experience for him. He just, you know, he's from Brooklyn. He wanted to go play in New York. So, yeah. whether that led to a championship or not, I don't think that was the end game on that. I think he really just, you know, wanted to go back home, play in front of his home crowd, you know, and rightfully so. I imagine I, that I was a say, pretty awesome experience. He has no regrets about. Do you think Kevin? Do you think Kevin Durant? Um, I feel like this. Do you think Carmelo Anthony would be Kevin Durant if he was in his Carmelo Anthony was in his prime in this in this uh, decade? I think Kevin Durant changes the game more defensively than Carmelo. So. Okay. Okay. But offensively, if I have a game that I need somebody to take over, it's going to be KD. I, I put KD up against anybody um, yeah. when it comes to just taking over a game offensively. Um, but uh, no no disrespect to Anthony's career and what he brings to the table as an offensive player. Um, but yeah, while, while you're on the topic of the Nets, man, Real quick, James Harden needs to figure out these new NBA rules, man, because he does not look good. <laughs> oh, with the foul calls and stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. That's, that's been a yeah. game changer for him. So, he's going to have to yeah. pick it. You know, him and uh, Trey Young do that a lot. Trey Young, mm-hmm. Chris Paul, does it. I think I learned it if anybody from Chris Paul, but right. um, yeah, that's got to go. I feel bad. I, I, I don't know. I feel kind of bad for, uh, I don't know about Kevin Durant. I like, really like that dude. And I just don't want to see him kind of fail because of other people's, not bullshit. It's just, it is what it is with Kyrie Irving. But yeah. Right. Yeah. But dude, I appreciate you getting on the show with me. And, and you know, we, you know, this is episode two with you since you, uh, <laughs> since you did the last one. Um, no, nah, man. Yeah. No, I'll yeah. definitely be back. And um, I was going to say, too, man, if we wanted to do a watch along on the game tonight, we could. But I've got an appointment at 630. But we'll do something like that soon and look forward to being back on again, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet, man. I'll make sure to get you on video uh, eating chicken like Peyton Manning. <laughs> <laughs> right. we'll, we'll do something like that, and that would oh, be, awesome. be great, man. They've they definitely nailed that formula. They're working out the kinks on production, but man, I do. It, I, I I implore anybody that's not gotten the chance to watch Monday Night Football with the Manning brothers. You need to because I mean it is it is an amazing amazing viewer experience. It, it really is like, and it's crazy because they'll have the motherfuckers on like. That's, I have motherfuckers on that still play that are playing right now. I like that. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, there, there's no name that's too big for them, right? You know. Exactly. Um, they even bought I mean, you uh, had Sue Bird on there. Yeah. Tom Brady has been on. Russell Wilson's been on. Um, John Stewart was on last night, who's always a riot. I mean, they 
they've really never. Coach Saban's been on. I mean, they've, you know, nobody is too. But LeBron's been on. I mean, hell, like I said, nobody's been too big uh, to, to appear on their show. Man, it's a fantastic experience. I love it when they come up. They need to. They need to do it full time. But we shall see. We'll see if right. ESPN gives them a gives them a money back big enough. It better because that's all. ESPN ain't got nothing else. <laughs> I've been I've been looking at Mina Kimes for a fucking hot minute. It's like. Dang, she's kind of cute for an agent. Like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> she's cute. Like, I like, I like Asian girls. So, like, I'm looking at Laura Audrey's Like, yo, what's up, Laura? What's up? What's up? You know. <laughs> but in, NFL Live and like, like, I watch some of the shows and like PTI is obviously still the best show. Um, but like, yeah, first take had to like disrupt all that bullshit and Max left it for show and all that like I don't really like know what what ESPN direction they're going like they still have their old people that do sports center and I'm like and then they have like one girl on there like that comes out of nowhere like I ain't never seen her like <laughs> and they said they have some of the people they use from Snapchat they're just kind of I'm like there's where's the organized I, I thought y'all had like a 200 page book, you know, or a thousand page book about how you got ESPN started. And now y'all look kind of uh, a shell of yourself. When I'm watching, when I'd rather honestly go on TV and watch Skip and Shannon for a few and Callen, definitely Callan Cowherd, who you fired and let go. So, yeah. ESPN, like, you got a lot of work to do. I think it's more in the. I think it's in that weirdly to say. I think it's in the bully department because I've seen where Mike Green, Mike Green was on the show and him, uh, was it was uh, Kendrick Perkins versus uh, Jalen Rose. Jalen Rose just goes off on a tangent. Like he's just like, oh, we got rookies, and when rookies think they can come on the show, and Mike Green just got up and left. <laughs> Like, uh, so it was like, so I feel like there's a lot of bullying. Like, people think they're the shit, and then, you know, they don't want to give other people a chance. Uh, right. AKA, AKA Rachel Nichols and, uh, <laughs> yeah, and Maria Taylor. So, yeah. R- Rachel Nichols, I worked so hard. I worked so hard for to get, I didn't even know fucking Rachel Nichols' background. I was like, oh my God, bitch, you ain't working no hard. <laughs> bitch, you already had you already had connections, ho. Fucking Maria Taylor works hard, ho. Just fuck up. <laughs> Sorry. All but good, man. <laughs> this is why it's a fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> got me fucking. I, I I that's my thing, Cordova. I haven't even got started with you. I when bro, when you get angry on some shit, you will fucking go off on somebody, and especially. Yeah, if some sports we'll talk. Have, we'll have to go ahead. And, we'll have to go ahead and do a debate episode. Oh, I'm down. Get bro. a little more. Get a little more fire. For real, bro. Because cussing is definitely style. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? For real, we do need some some time limit on our asses. <laughs> but dude, I appreciate <laughs> you, dude. Absolutely, man. Look forward to it later down the line, bud. We'll yes, talk sir. to you. Talk to you, bro. Bye. Peace.